What is up, YouTube, Spotify listeners, anybody who's just paying attention to us right now? It's your boy Reynoso with your guy Saltero here. Yeah. Uh, excited for this shoot. We're officially on Spotify. You can hear us and I have to see your faces, or you can do the opposite on YouTube. You can see us and listen to us on all platforms now. It's very exciting. It's a good time to be a give and goer. It's a great time to be live, just in general. Yeah, yeah, it's and, a good time. And it's even better if you're listening to this podcast. Yes, sir. So thank you very much for all the support. Uh, we just cracked 1,000 subscribers, which is huge for us. A big accomplishment for the Give and Go family. So thankful. Thank you so much. We're just here to keep on delivering content because we just love this sport. So, and let's, so let's, let's talk football, man. Let's talk a little bit, do. man. Let's yeah. talk a little bit. Let's talk about something that displays the love of the sport of soccer a tournament that encompasses passion yeah. and 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 the a genuine appreciation of the sport and that's afcon afcon which saw the final between senegal and egypt yeah. go all the way to extra time all the way to penalties and we saw sadio mane senegal lift the trophy sadio up mane. salah in tears yeah and just an incredible display of of talent, sportsmanship, and and everything there is to love about sports yeah. was on display in this game. What did you think? I thought it was just a great, it was a great fight. But it's exactly what I expected because Egypt, this entire tournament, man, have just grinded. That's what they're. That's what they're really, really good at. They just grind ninety minutes, hundred twenty minutes. In a weird way, similar to how Croatia did in 2018, yeah. where they just back-to-back, yeah. -back extra times, penalty shootouts. Same thing with Egypt, man. You know, they're not going to score more than one goal, if that. So it was ex kind of exactly what I expected. Now, what I was not expecting was for Mane to miss that first penalty. Oh, dude. First off, terrible tackle. Cease gets inside. Great touch, by the way. Great yeah. penetration. Yeah. He just gets in. He goes yeah. past that Egyptian fullback, and he's in, ready to either shoot it or send in a ball. And then it's dangerous. The, it was dangerous. It was for super, sure. super yeah. dangerous. And then he just gets wiped out. Yeah. Clear penalty. Not no question about it. Thank God. Hey, controversy in finals. Yeah, it was actually a very clear, it's so penalty. clear cut. I had no question about it. I was just like, damn it, dude. Like he committed to. <laughs> yeah. He committed to sliding. He fucked up. He now fucked he's gonna up. reap the punishments of it. Yes. <laughs> you just see Gatos in the stands. He's just like, <laughs> fuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Mane steps up, and I don't know. It's been a it's been an interesting penalty shootout or not penalty shootout, but it, there's been some interesting penalties in this yeah. whole tournament. Yeah. A lot of saved shots, mm -hmm. and Mane steps up and he goes with raw pure power. Doesn't work. Barely puts it to the side of the keeper. And by the way, really like this Egyptian keeper, Dude, man. What a story. Dude, he come obviously coming off coming on for El Shanawi, who got injured, mm -hmm. like what, in the quarterfinal, some mm -hmm. shit. And Gabalski, Gabal, I guess Gabal, is his yeah. actual surname. Yeah. He comes in and he's just put in such a good performance and he shows up in this final with such ah, a big stop. Dude. With the amount of power that Mane still got on it, Gabal was still able to just yeah. get a good paw to it. And then uh, deflect it out. I yeah. was I was like, shit, let's go. Yeah. Nil nil. Really disappointed in Mane though, just personally, because I, I I thought I, I'd, out of all the stakes that were on the line, Senegal having never won an Africa Cup of Nations, they got to a final forty five years ago, didn't win it then. I would have thought that Mane now, 
yeah. would have put it in. Yeah. And he didn't. And he still didn't. He still wasn't able to catch that break in a way. He, he <laughs> yeah. still had to fucking fight his way to this title. Yeah, demons. Just a, he had to fight his demons. Just a, I guess Senegal just has some curse where they have to fucking fight mm. for a major trophy. That's just the rule. That's the rule. They That's can't, the rule, It can't man. come easy to them. No. Uh, the goalkeeper, dude, he looks like a... I was watching. I was like, bro, this guy looks like he's straight up like a, a GQ magazine. Like a... Dude. Almost like a, a, a godlike presence. Like the fucking yeah, Poseidon yeah, yeah, of yeah, yeah, yeah. Egypt or some shit. He <laughs> looks so dude, godly, he's like huge. So, like he's the so, guy's huge, huge, huge. Yeah. And he put on a great performance this whole tournament. Yeah, One of yeah. the best stories. Uh, people are even saying he might get a move somewhere after what he did this whole tourney. Thing is, he's like 33 years old, so he's kind of heading towards the, the latter part of his career. But yeah. you can see it. He's got he's got heart. He's got grit. Yeah. And he's actually pretty talented. He's a good safety net back there. Low key, I'm hoping Gatos uses him for those last remaining World Cup qualifiers, oh, yeah. man. Yeah. And that's going to be interesting to see. I, I can't wait to see that lineup because guess who Egypt play in the fucking qualifiers? Senegal. Senegal, dude. Yeah, <laughs> Senegal. That's good. So this was final number one out of three, yeah. which is yeah. insane. Yeah. But yeah, I, I'm really interested to see that that lineup when that comes out for those March qualifiers to see if Gabal's in the back of the or between the sticks or not. Yeah, I'm curious. But yeah, hell of a performance between the sticks. Senegal, honestly, I, I thought they were going to run away with it after the first 20 minutes, but after that, Egypt started their grind mm -hmm. and they just tired Senegal's offense. Started giving them less space, made it a lot harder for them, and then Egypt just kind of slowly, as they have done this entire tournament, just get back in the game. Yeah, start, dude. start holding the ball yeah. a little bit longer. Senegal start starting to chase shadows all of a sudden, and then that basically continued for the rest of the game. <laughs> Honestly, like it was kind of an uneventful final in regards to the rest uh, to how it ended up being right right yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah no uh, from like for like a good 80 minutes of the game including extra time it was just the kind of this a repetition of the same thing and yes. attempted attack by senegal egypt uh, counters it counters it and then yeah. they can't really create something up for themselves and so it just goes back and forth back and forth back yeah and just forth. back and forth a uh, little Which like half nice. chances yeah i mean i didn't mind it but i i, I, I kind of just remembered when i was watching the game i was like yeah, finals are usually like this. Like yeah. weird. They're just weird, weird. every time. They're they're never it's tough to have a really good like back and forth entertaining display in a final. They're usually a little like grinded out just like Egypt Absolutely. Uh, showed. And so they went into extra time still. I think by after like 5 minutes of extra time I was already like, yeah, this is this is this has penalties written all over it. Yeah. Egypt want penalties. Senegal's willing to concede that. Uh, let's just fast forward this thing to that point. Yeah. And so we had a penalty shootout where Senegal uh, gets the stops needed to pull off the result. Sadio Mane puts in that final nail in the coffin, yeah. but a lot of controversy arises about Mo Salah's decision, or maybe the coach's decision, right. not sure who, right. um, being the last kicker for the team and not getting an attempt. Yeah. When we, we kind of like talked about this before just personally. Like, well, well, if you're a coach, just hypothetically, would you rather have your best player go first or last? Right. And and I, I think I brought up the point I'd rather have him go first just because it sets the tone. Yeah. But then you came up with a counterpoint and it makes just as much sense. You were just saying basically how what if what if at the very end you need your last goal to go mm -hmm. in? Mm -hmm. Maybe you want your best player to take the last kick. Yeah, absolutely. Um but also, yeah, there's just pros to each one. Uh, but I think there's more of a pro to going 
going earlier because it just so. it displays leadership as well. Yeah. It's very tense at the beginning versus at the end, I think. Like those first few tendencies are so damn nerve wracking. Yeah. If I see my captain go up, do his job, I feel more incentivized. I feel better. I feel motivated. Whereas that fourth, the fourth kicker for Egypt, I don't remember who it was. He looked shaky going up. Yeah. He completely skied it. Oh, yeah. He's completely oh, yeah, skied yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And when that happened, I was like, well, knowing that was a do or die penalty, why wouldn't they switch up Mo Salah's uh, penalty kicking position then? Like, yeah. why isn't it something that they can gauge as well? Why is it always has? Why does it have to be he's going to go fifth or he's going to go first? Right? Could they have decided as a team? Was it the coach's decision? Get Mosada kick that last free kick to at least uh, last penalty to at least keep them in it right. to have a chance. But they didn't, yeah. and Senegal won their first major trophy in in the country's history. Yeah. And I want to talk about the reaction, man. Um, this is. I think that this is why I get a little peeved when people talk about tournaments such as such as this as, as being a, a small tournament because, sure, sure. you know, the Premier League is constantly harping on the AFCON because it gets in the way. British people don't really seem to be too, yeah, too high, positive about too it. positive about yeah, this tournament. Just in general. Most of the world football doesn't really even pay attention to it until, like, the final. Yeah. It's tough for people to even give it a chance, but... You see the impact it has on a country. You see the oh impact that it has when you win a major trophy for your country. Dude, if, have you seen the videos of all the Senegalese people celebrating this victory, bro? Yeah, dude. It's insane. Fucking Dakar, Senegal was lit that day. Dude, the streets, <laughs> a sea, a sea of Senegalese yeah, people. Dude. It's ridiculous. And, and then what even fascinated me more is that Sadio Mane got interviewed after the game. He had the trophy in his hand. He's celebrating. He got interviewed and they asked him, Sadio, how, how important is this victory to you? This is Sadio Mane who's won the UEFA Champions League, Club World Cup, Premier League, and all in the modern era. These are very good achievements. Yeah. He said himself that this was the most important trophy in his life, in his career. This is the happiest he's ever been. Dude. The AFCON is the biggest trophy that a player of that caliber yeah. has received. And when I saw that, I was like, okay, I definitely need to rewire my thinking when it comes to how much a tournament like this yeah. means to the players. To the players. Because yeah. it's a different level. It's a different gravity when you involve a person's country rather than a club. Yeah, I completely agree. I, I remember or I remember thinking when Senegal finally won it, the first person I thought of was Senegal's coach, Aliou Cisse. He, was, he took Senegal to their first final in 2002 as a player. He was on that pitch as a wow. player. And they lost, I think, on penalties. And they, they weren't obviously ever able to repeat going back and winning it until now with him as head coach. Wow. Beautiful wow. full circle. So I can just imagine how, how beautiful it was for Cissé to finally win Dude, it. And yeah. it's like his own personal story arc yeah. to finally <laughs> yeah. just achieve something that has been eluding him for 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> it was a fucking nightmare. Yeah, but now he's conquered it. And it's just, it means so much to the staff, so much to the players, and obviously so much to the people. And that, that's the thing. I think, I think international tournaments in general kind of get slightly negative tones in that people just praise club football so, so much. Mm -hmm. But... As you said, I, I think a lot of people don't put themselves in the perspective of the players. When, when you involve yourself with your country, it means so much more. Yeah. I remember watching on Sky Sports like a Gary Neville interview with Harry Kane. Mm -hmm. And Gary's just like, win the Premier League or win the Euros with England? And Kane was like, I'd rather win the Euros with England. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So even a top Premier League player on, uh, really values 
their time and their career with an international team because yeah. at that point you're going beyond just the club fans you're uniting an entire fucking yes, country dude and yes. to lift a trophy where the entire country is supporting you that that must be yeah just i think a it, hell I, think, of, I just think it means hell of more it means more to these it just players means more. Uh, i think what misconstrues people is maybe the quality that is achieved yes, at international absolutely. level absolutely that, that's exactly what it is because club does generate better quality people think oh it's more rewarding no. maybe in a professional way it's more rewarding to yeah, win those yeah, tournaments yeah, yeah. But in an emotional way, the emotional factor, it means the world to these players. Any international tournament, Messi with Copa America, uh, Ronaldo with, with the Euros. I, yeah. I'm sure those are up there with the, the highest of their achievements as well. So like, exactly, it, it's it's just it's just the way that a player I think goes about performing and competing. And so it was great to see, man. Great it was to great see. to see the reaction and everyone just celebrating mm. shout out to senegal and any, if we got anybody from senegal listening man shout out shout to you out. your country i'm so fucking happy for congratulations senegal, man. Uh, and conversely man uh you could see how much it meant to mosala his second final where he just lost yeah. just couldn't ultimately win and you could see man he, he really cares about this tournament yeah. just like mane Salah really wanted to lift this trophy and it was kind of almost poetic when Mane was stepping up to take the final kick you could see that they panned on Salah's face and he's just like no 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 not my own brother dude it's it, that dynamic is insane it's insane it's that, it's storybook yeah 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 storybook for sure so my condolences to Egypt yeah. and Salah in general you put up an incredible fight but I think I think for me Senegal deserved it in the end absolutely yeah. and yeah. congratulations they, were, they had more dangerous opportunities yeah um but the thing is, the story isn't over yet because of that World Cup matchup they have now where the stakes are, you could argue, even even higher. This is for Dude. a spot in the World Cup. One of these guys will go home. She's going to get ugly, it's man. Like the fuck, it's like the Warriors <laughs> against the Cleveland. It's like a, tr a trilogy yeah. here. Dude, Part it's a one's trilogy, done. bro. Part, Part one, <laughs> and what's crazy is that What's crazy is that now they're going to each go to their own home stadiums. Yes, oh my bro. God, yeah. instead, instead of a neutral ground, yeah. home stadiums now. It's so it's going to be a fucking the classic, oh dude. I'm God. really excited about I'm these really matchups. I'm really excited about that. Oh, something I want to talk about regarding African football is, did you see that news about Hakeem Ziyech retiring from the Moroccan national team? Yeah, I, I actually saw this coming. When Ziyech didn't get called up in the first place from Hali Holjic, the coach, I was like, that's weird because yeah. it's a World Cup year. Every team sent their best players. And Hali Hojic specifically said before the tournament, I'm not picking Ziyech. Basically, yeah. outright to the media, <laughs> outright to the media said, you know, coaches have not picked their best players and won before. I'm going to do the same thing. And that's just calling out Ziyech. Yeah. Whether it's attitude, commitment, maybe loyalty. Maybe Ziyech is in the wrong somehow. But I'm not surprised by this statement from Ziyech. Like I, yeah. I don't see him coming back from Morocco as long as Halil Hodges is the yep. coach. I think that's I really just, what it is. Yeah, not like retiring. It's just until they switch coaches. Yeah. Um. But also, but yeah, dude, there's something going on there because you watch Ziyech announce retirement, bro. He speaks with, he's got a grudge. Yeah. Like he is held up by something. Oh there's yeah, some, yeah, yeah. Something, there's some there's bad a lot, smoke. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff going underneath that we yeah. don't know about. Yeah. And so I just hope it gets resolved. It, it, it's It's gonna be interesting to see how the Moroccan federation handles the situation because I, I would argue that they need Ziyech in the in the World Cup. Like that would be such a boost for them. Yeah. And I was I was look because I was curious when Mark when Morocco went out, I was I was curious. I was like, well why didn't Ziyech get called up? And I compared their squads the twenty eighteen World Cup versus the squad now mm -hmm. and Halu Holjic really stuck to his word. A lot of the European based players that were called up in twenty eighteen, not called up now. Wow. 
So he's like, I don't know, he has some sort of vendetta against maybe these European-based Moroccans. Yeah. And it's interesting. To me, it's obviously hurting the team. Well, you take out quality, it's going to hurt any team, obviously. I just think it's strange. I just think it's really yeah. weird. And coming up when Morocco still have to win a qualifier yep. against the Democratic Republic of Congo. Congo. If you're like the Moroccan FA, are you are you happy about this? Are you like, <laughs> no, we made the right ch- I don't know, yeah, man. man. Now it's a chess game for you. Yeah. Man. It like, just got complicated. Because you, you, there's no way you can fire him literally a month before you're the yep. biggest games of Morocco for the 2022 World Cup. There's just no way. And so... All that being said, I'm going Congo now, man. <laughs> Let's go Congo, Dude, bro. Dude, Congo's one, one Dude, matchup away from, from a World Cup appearance. I'd love that. Let's run it. <laughs> Let's, yeah. Yeah. Let's run it. So, let's see where this goes. I, <laughs> I, have a, I have a question, but it's a philosophical one. It's one where there, there's not an answer. And definitively, oh, okay. there's right. no I'm, answer. I'm, I'm game. And the question is, what will it take for a, a coach from the Americas, not including Argentina, to make it in Europe, to truly have a successful mm-hmm. career in Europe. And I, specifically, I'm talking about the United States, that's where we're from. And I bring this up because, yeah, it's a little late, but two months ago, Jesse Marsh was let go from RB Leipzig. Yeah. And mind you, this is the rising ball sport, Leipzig. The team that has consistently finished in the top three for the past six, seven years in the Bundesliga, top five leagues in the world. And first off, what an appointment it is for an American coach to even get that gig in the first place. Insane. And he was there for, what, August to December? Four or five months? And then done just like every other American coach before him. Right. (laughs) (laughs) So I ask, what is it going to take? take. Because I really thought that Marsh was going to be the golden boy, the the poster boy for the future of American coaches. You follow Marsh's footsteps, you're going to be coaching at the highest level in European football. He was a good coach at New York, obviously already with the Red Bull system. And when he got assigned to Leipzig, as a, like an assistant, I was like, okay. I was like, that's kind of cool. Like an MLS head coach going to Europe, not to be a head coach, but to just be in the system. Right, right. To be just involved. be involved. Yeah. And I was like, I like this. I, I, I'm going to follow what Marsh does. And then soon after they said, we're actually going to give Marsh the position at Salzburg, head coach in Austria. And I was like, this is cool because Austrian league's not much. They're always in the Champions League. Yeah. And that's top quality yeah. football. That's going to really test Marsh's medal, his mentality, his tactics. And I was very interested to see what he could do. And for me, he completely outperformed what I thought he could have done. Yeah. He had some really fun-ass teams. Um, just ball-hungry fullbacks, insanely good midfielders. Talking about like Mwepu, Koita, Soboslai, people who just go forward even when they're not supposed to. And the thing <laughs> troublemakers. Is, troublemakers. <laughs> <laughs> just really good offense. And the thing is, that's ultimately what was his demise at Leipzig is that, bro, they let in a lot of goals. They just couldn't defend. Um, but I would have thought that that idea of just having better players under that type of system would have worked. Because it's so German. It's so Leipzig right, right. to just press press hard 
get the ball back as soon as you lose it. And then once you do get the ball, you go for goal. For me, that's how Lysa have been playing for years. And I thought that Marsh was just going to continue that. So I was like, oh, this is actually like a match made in heaven. And that's why I was excited. And I was like, Marsh is going to be the guy. He's going to be the first American coach to coach in the top, top European leagues and be successful. And it just didn't work out. I remember seeing some of the Champions League results in group stages and they were losing heavy. And I was like, fuck. Because the thing is, European executives, they don't give Americans that big of a straw to, to work with. You know, if you're an American coach, you're gonna have a short straw. Yeah. And once I saw those results, I was just like, fuck, 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 Marsh, yeah. start winning, start winning, please. And he just didn't. They eventually let him go. And obviously, of course, like the game after they won and they ended up winning their like next three games as soon as he left. So it's just like almost <sighs> the universe just immediately telling Marsh like, just wasn't for you, man. Yeah. Not here. Yeah. Not here, not now. Yeah. And it's just like, what the fuck? If not Marsh, then who the fuck else? Uh, Bob Bradley, right? Coached in Europe, took like a second division Sweden team to the top flight in Sweden, then went to France, was a goal difference point away from being promoted to the League One in France, so close. And then he gets like a big gig with Swansea City in the Premier League. And I think he was appointed there for 10 minutes and then got tired <laughs> <laughs> a whole 10 minutes yeah yeah <laughs> that's it that's all that gave bob man and then burhalter i didn't actually know this but burhalter actually was one of the first american coaches to coach in europe but the highest he ever got was like the top league in finland something wow. like that all this at the top of my head i don't even know if that's the right country but it's something like that <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's yeah. something like that it's at least that caliber and obviously he got fired and he they quoted it as saying uh Berhalter just play, didn't play the offense that we liked here in europe and they let him go and so again i'm going to say it again i asked the question what is it going to take when you have a guy like jesse marsh who is the very definition of what you'd want in european football mm -hmm. Uh, aggressive defense and tactical offense, but also uh, very clinical. That's European football. Uh, and it didn't work out. And so it's just, w w what do you do? I don't know. And that, that's what I'm getting at. The idea is it's almost becoming a myth. The idea of an American coach coaching in Europe. It's like, you know, years from now, we'll be telling our kids like one day, one day there'll be a, a, yeah. a man rising out from the West going to the lands of the east and conquering yeah but it's a myth it's like a messiah type of legend <laughs> will it ever happen yeah i don't know and we know we can go to mexican coaches el turco uh, antonio el turco mohamed who famously won liga mex with tijuana after they got recently promoted great tijuana team by the way great coach mohamed gets appointed to celta de vigo in spain and i'm just like Let's fucking go. This, this looks great. This looks great. Because I thought of, out of all the coaches in Mexico, why not Mohamed? Mm -hmm. Why not? And he goes to Celta and they give him three months. And he wasn't even that bad. He was like 12th place. Mm -hmm. Fire him. They hire a Portuguese. He actually does worse, but they gave him like six months. So that's what I'm kind of getting at it. You, if, you, if you're an American coach... Mexican, American, whatever, and you go to Europe, you're already, you're, it's, you're already doing an uphill battle. Yeah. So absolutely. the question stands, what is it going to take? I have no fucking clue, but it's, n it's not going to be easy. And 
whether it's whether it's Marsh in the future, because maybe he's not done. Maybe he comes back, has like a fucking like self-reflective attitude, and he's like, you know what? I can change, and I can come back yeah, stronger, I better. Yeah. I can figure this out. And if there's anyone that could do it, maybe it is it, him. This I mean, because still be him. It might still be yeah. him. I'm not gonna cut him out just yet. But whoever it ends up being, man, I can't wait to see who they end up coaching and what they end up achieving because that will just be so dope to follow. Yeah. Uh, I think it's definitely a, a question of philosophy, I think. It's the mm. idea of the the Western against the Eastern. Yeah. Because, yeah, this applies to all of North America. Man. This is what I'm saying. This is all across our continent. Not even coaching, players-wise, too. Players, too. Yeah, yeah. they find it tougher. It's just, it's, yeah, definitely. It's definitely. It's definitely an uphill battle. Um, compared to like the likes of South America exactly. and even Africa, exactly. we get, we have a shorter leash in general. Yeah. Uh, so how do we break that? How do we get past that? How do we overcome that? Yeah. It's going to be through an exaggerated and an extra type of philosophy. That's almost too much to, to understand too much to handle, which is kind of like what Jesse March was kind of getting at. Yeah. It was so, so one thing. So aggressively, so, so aggressively. He left so many holes in the middle of his defense but it worked for a good amount of time. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. And I just don't see, there's no point in being a North American coach and playing it safe because they'd much Great rather have, point. they'd much rather have a European coach play it safe. Great Always. fucking point. And it's like, you know, there's questions of race here involved and just questions yeah. of background uh, that could be looked at. But at the core, I think it's philosophy and the idea that Europeans have about North American soccer in general. Yeah. It's always been looked down upon. It's always been looked at. Yeah. Something and, that you know, isn't with, at the level of European soccer, which isn't, you know, it isn't. Yeah, and the, the, but, they have a point. It's yeah. not the best point, but it is a point. It's a point. Yeah. And I think the fact that they're even giving Jesse March that type of opportunity to them is enough. They're yeah. like, all right, I'm, this I'm is, proud this is of this fucking guy, man. Crazy enough for us. I don't yeah. think it's. I actually don't think it's time for us to see an American coach like lead a team to like the quarterfinals of the <sighs> Champions League. I don't think we're there yet, man. That's still really far away. That sounds because that would incredible. be groundbreaking, man. That'd be Ameri- so groundbreaking. Ameri- bro. It's just I just think about the idea of imagine if your team, uh, you support a European team, and they hire an American coach. Just the jokes that would come with that, the yeah. the press, the, yeah. the 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 barrier you have to overcome, and just convincing your fans that this is a good hiring exactly. is just is, is a challenge in itself because of the idea people have yeah. about Americans and the sport of soccer. Absolutely. So. It's gonna take a lot. I do think it will come, but right I now it so. is a right now it's a mystical thing. It's a myth. It's an idea that we have way up in the future. But when that day comes, we will be uploading an episode. We will be praising <laughs> our leader, our savior, <laughs> whoever savior, it is. Oh it's God. gonna be a great achievement for North America. Yeah. Uh, because right now it is. It's it's not that. And yeah, and we've seen it with Mexican coaches as well. Yeah. We've seen it with I don't know. Just everyone that's that's a part of this continent has never been able to break through. And hopefully one day we get to see it. That'd be dope. <laughs> I want to shift things over to a whole nother continent, man, because something that we I've noticed we've been doing on the channel, we've only been active for like two months. Yeah. It's a lot of North American, South American talk, purely because the CONCACAF qualifiers were happening and Gomebol qualifiers were happening. Yeah, so that man. was like the main focus of our conversations. Yeah. And we've had a lot of people on TikTok asking for our opinions, asking what we think about all these European teams at the moment. And I thought, what better way to talk about these teams than the Champions League coming up next week? Uh, some big, big matchups. It's actually fucking incredible. These matchups. I'm really, I'm really hyped for them. Yeah. Um, biggest stage, highest quality level of soccer, 
And I want to go through these matchups and predict who's going to win what and let these people know what our thoughts are. So, let's. First match I want to talk about is Villarreal against Juventus. Juventus, who's just signed the wonder boy, Dusan Vlahovic. Vlahovic. Uh, There's a lot of talk that Vlahovic was going to do Atletico. And I was a, really? He yeah. was a rumor for Atletico? He was a big rumor. He even liked a tweet that Atletico posted. And there's a lot of people getting really excited, including me. Wow. I've been a Leti fan, cultural nettle for life. And uh, <laughs> and when I saw the the papers saying that he signed for Juve, I was like, fuck. Yeah. Just annoying, yeah. man. It's kind of how it goes, I guess. I guess, yeah. Juve, just like Bayern, just kind of poached the bet. Chiesa from Fiorentina, mm-hmm. now Vlahovic from, from yep. Fiorentina. It's just what they do. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, the, the Bala from what? Who the fuck did he have? Yeah. Palermo or some mm-hmm. shit like that. So, yeah, this is what they do. And it's a hell of a signing for Juve, man. Mm-hmm. And they're going through what I would call for them like a reform period after losing on Ronaldo. Uh, Allegri's back coaching. Uh, they've going through a new period where they're trying to figure out what their identity is again. Because they've lost some damn stingers these past few Champions League uh, years. Uh, where they were the favorites and they lost against Porto, against oh, Lyon, Porto one and against crazy. Ajax. That's the last three years for Juve. Yeah. They've underwhelmed supremely in the Champions League. Yeah. They and really have, though. Everyone's asking the question this time going into this matchup is, is it going to happen against this Villarreal team that's actually somewhat formidable? This is probably the deepest they've gone in the Champions League in recent memory. Villarreal has a great chance here to poach on a team that could be susceptible. Thing is, I think Juve has enough to figure it out. They played really well. Dusan Lahovic played really well in his recent game. Uh, it was against Hellas Varona, I think. Um, where all, all the front three, Morata, Divala, Lahovic, all played really well. And I was like, this is good going into a really important week. Yeah. I think they're going to be able to have enough. They got the quality for it. I think they'll be able to overcome that, you know, losing to that weaker side curse that they've had going for the past three years. So I'm going with Juve. Yeah, that all that being said, I think this is set up perfectly for that run to continue for them to lose against a side that's mm-hmm. just slightly worse for them. I think this Via Rail side is probably the best it's ever been. When you have a guy like Unai Emery coaching, taking them to Europa League uh, these past couple of years, and finally breaking into the Champions League knockout stage, I think Villarreal have a lot to show here, and they have a lot. They have a lot of firepower. They, they absolutely they really do. do. I'm really excited to see this team. I think it's gonna be a great matchup. Yeah. Honestly, yeah, it's one of the better matchups. Yeah, because I think I, I think it's actually really really even when it comes down to it. I think their offenses are very similar. Defensively, maybe Villarreal is gonna struggle a little bit just because you know the the insertion of Lahovic. but yeah, I think Juve probably still have the edge. But I wouldn't be surprised if Villarreal yeah, still pull yeah, it off. I stand, I stand in the same place. I think I'm just going with Juve, and you're going with Villarreal. Fair enough. One yeah. of, cheers to that, brother. Absolutely. <laughs> Next matchup, Sporting CP versus Manchester City. Uh, we'll start with Sporting CP, who, you know, I haven't seen them at this stage in a while. So it's been a I while. props to them. They yeah. managed to get out of a group where Ajax and Borussia Dortmund were involved. And they won some important games in the group stage, so they made it here. They earned it. Good for them. Yeah. Uh, I guess the one player I wanted to highlight is Pedro Goncalves. Yeah. Uh, just found out this never about heard this of guy him. when watching the Champions League. I was like, who is this dude? Dude's a stud. Twenty three years old, Portuguese. He's made very few caps for the 
for the international team, but on Sporting CP, he is their fucking god, bro. Last year, he scored 23 goals in the Portuguese league, and then this year, he's got six goals and five assists in about like 17 games. Okay, He's putting up good numbers. These are like noticeable numbers. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he made a move to like a bigger club sometime soon. Maybe not like a Real Madrid or anything, but a step up, a better league I could see him doing. Yeah, Um, And I think just like how... Luis Diaz had like a standout performance against Man City where he scored like an incredible goal yeah. recently. Yeah. I think Pedro's positioned himself well to score like a really cool goal where he gets past two, three guys, yeah. finishes it off, makes a great name for himself, and then he looks up at the scoreboard and it's 8-1. Like I could see that <laughs> happening, you know? It's set up that way. Yeah. Uh, Man City is just too damn powerful. It's too stacked. Top two teams in the world and they're not number two. I think they're really, really <laughs> good and really well uh, situated going into this knockout tie. Yeah. And just in general, I think Man City is a tough team to knock out. They uh, are looking for their first Champions League trophy, and this is their chance to start that journey again. So I'm going Man City. Yeah, I completely agree. I think one thing that kind of plagues a team like Sporting is they just don't have the culture of winning in Champions League. Yeah. And that's no disrespect. When you see them play in Champions League, they just... You know, especially when they play against teams that are much better than them, they they it gets it gets ugly. It really does with sporting. Um, I, again, I think the the best that they can do is hopefully maybe Gonzalez just puts on a show for himself. Good luck to them, but I think City just has this one just completely in the bag, man. Yeah. I hope I hope Sporting do well. I I hope they put up some sort of fight because it's always fun, but it, it's it's tough, especially for Portuguese teams because the league's just not the best. Yeah. So even if you have a team like Benfica or Porto who are dominating the league, it's really tough for them to play teams against like uh, against teams like Man City. Absolutely. Yeah. So. No, the levels are usually this is when they're exposed the most. Mm-hmm. Like the in, the difference in the leagues is yeah. Like these it gets really really exposed here. Yeah. Um, and I think the same thing will happen in the RB Salzburg versus Bayern Munich matchup. Yeah. Same thing. Uh, obviously, may, might be more high octane. Uh, Salisbury is first in their Austrian league right now by a, by a long shot, and as usual, as usual. <laughs> and uh, you know, Bayern is first in the Bundesliga as well. They just got knocked out of their league cup, though. Yeah. So maybe there's some sort of flaws that can be exposed. Thing is, Bayern doesn't tend to let off against weaker teams. They're really good about Dude, just they don't. doing their homework, bro. Yeah, 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 yeah. They just do what they need to do. They get the result, and they move on. Yeah. Like, it's just the Bayern way. It's so cold. It's so deadly. Yeah. And I think it's just going to happen again this time. Yeah, I think the 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 worst thing that's going against Salzburg is that it's a two-game affair. This is yeah. one game. I think they would have yeah. somewhat of a chance. But the fact that this is over 180 minutes of football, that's their downfall. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. They lost it before the ball was even kicked. Yeah, man. man. It's, it's, just, it's so tough. Done. We move on to Benfica against Ajax, which is actually a, a matchup. I'm, this is one of my favorite matchups because... Both of these sides I'm, I'm super interested in. Ajax, I love that that 2019, I believe. Yeah, Ajax team that made an incredible run to the semifinals. They had so much youth on their squad, yeah. but they were so well coached, and they all had such great chemistry. And a lot of those players ended up moving on to bigger leagues. Um, Van de Beek, uh, Ziyech, Ziyech uh, yeah. the league. Uh, so many yeah. moves, so, so, much, so much impact there that, that came from that team. And they've managed to make their way back to the Champions League knockout stages, winning every single game in their group. Yeah. 
having really good performances leading up to this and actually making an argument for potentially being more formidable and in my opinion a much more mature side than what we saw in that 2019 side I don't know if they have the same magic. I don't think they do. Yeah. But I think on paper, by the way that they perform, the quality that this team has to offer, I think it's better than the 2019 version. Yeah, I, I, I've I, actually seen a couple of IS Champions League games, and I completely agree. The magic isn't necessarily the same, especially when you compare it to 2019. But I think you, you use the perfect word there, maturity. Their offense is just more mature than it was in 2019. It's a lot more straightforward, but effective, super, super effective. Sebastian Haller has like, what, 20 goals already <laughs> yeah, or something yeah, like that yeah. this season? Yeah, he's a killer. He's just a killer up there. But it's just because I think the wingers supply for him really, really well. It's almost like they just have a game plan. Yeah. Obviously, they do, but everything's kind of set up for him. Right. Like, uh, yeah, every play is for him, and it's working really, really well right now, rather than just kind of, you know, focusing on magic of like Ziyech, for example. Yeah. And the thing is, you see this a lot just in bigger tournaments where a team who had a lot of youth made a good run, but ultimately didn't win it. But then they come back years later, much more mature, and they actually do better. Yeah. I, you see yeah. that it just throughout sports in general. Maturity means so much. Yeah, experience. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah, experience. No, it goes a long way. I think they'll win this matchup against Benfica. But Benfica, on the other hand, I want to talk about them real quick. I was looking at their, I was looking at their roster, yeah. and... This caught me off guard because I started looking at where each player was from, what country they originate from. 29 players on their roster from 15 different countries. And more specifically, <sighs> more specifically, I look at their, their, most, their, their most popular win this Champions League uh, cycle was beating Barcelona 3-0 at home. Yeah. I looked at the starting 11. Only two Portuguese players on that starting 11. The rest Holy are shit. from nine different countries. Not a single country repeats. You Jesus got a guy from like Christ. the goalkeeper from Greece, right back from Austria, uh, Otamendi from Argentina, right, right. Uh, another defender from Spain, midfield that's like Denmark or some shit. Yeah. yeah I was just like, this is, like a Serbian this is in there. abnormal. Yeah. It's a little weird. For a Portuguese team, absolutely, yeah. bro. Yeah. Absolutely. You would think that they would have at least like five. Sporting has about five, I think, oh. as their core yeah, playing yeah. that are yeah. Portuguese. But Benfica has said, fuck that, dude. We're going we're to throw in as much <laughs> variety as we can into our squad. Yeah. And, I mean, so far it's worked. So far they've generated a good team. They managed to, you know, knock out Barca, who, yes, is obviously not in their best yeah, moment. Yeah, but yeah. big name, and Still, I'm sure it meant a lot for the for the people of Benfica. Yeah. And they've actually gotten a favorable draw in the sense that this isn't like a top four team. This exactly. is probably one of the better chances they'll have yeah. to get to the quarterfinals. My thing is that with Portuguese teams, they just they tend to disappoint so much, man. Yeah. So much. Yeah. They're so hard to instill faith in, man. The best that we've gotten in like the past five years was Porto last year. Yeah. Porto like, last it. year was the best we've gotten and by a long shot. Yeah. Like yeah. you compare it to any other good Portuguese performance and it doesn't even compare. That Porto team <laughs> last year was really, really good. And even then, like they still have to get a little lucky on a lot of yeah. occasions, especially like in that matchup against Juventus. Um, and they also had somewhat an easy group other than Man City, but the other two teams were pretty easy. Yeah. So, yeah, I completely agree, man. Portuguese teams, they just, they, again, it, they get exposed. When it when push comes to shove, they get exposed. Yeah, yeah. And so we, we both got Ajax? I got Ajax, yeah. Yeah, I'm going I got Ajax. Ajax. I'm going Ajax. Next up is Chelsea versus Lille. Chelsea, who is a goddamn demon in a knockout stage format. 
They showed that last year in their incredible Champions League winning run. Yeah. Uh, and Lil, who, man, <laughs> fucking Lil, man. Uh, so proud of them. So proud of what they achieved winning the, the League One. The last year, yeah. Now, Which was an hell, hell of an achievement. achievement. Almost a little Leicester-esque. Yeah. Just without the propaganda behind it. Yeah, yeah. It was pretty big. Um, but the magic that they had back then... Has completely gone. Yeah. Completely. Um, Even more than that Leicester side when they went to the Champions League, that Leicester side still had something. This team has has lost it completely. They're like in, I think, eighth place in the league or some shit, maybe even like 11th. Oh, yeah. They're having a horrible season. But this happens a lot with League One teams. Consistency is non-existent in that league unless your name is PSG. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm talking about like the Monaco side when they had Mbappe. Obviously, they're going to lose a lot of their core players, but... They dropped so much. Yeah. You'd think that, because they still kept a core of their players, you know, you'd think that they'd be able to do something with it. And they actually bought players with that Mbappe money. Dude, they almost it, got relegated at yeah, one point. Yeah, I know. Monaco it, was it, bad. It, it, meant sh- it didn't mean shit. Um, also, Ren, two years ago, did really well, finished yeah. third place in the league, did horribly the next year. And it's the same thing now with Lil. Won the league, and now it's just Yeah, it's absent. just like that the, the summer... Transition, yeah, just, they, they just, lose it because by the time it. Champions League is there, they're not the same team anymore. It, no. it, you're right, that consistency is there, and I think it's going to get exposed badly in this game. I think Chelsea's got it. Yeah, for me, this think, is a no contest type of matchup, yeah. like yeah. just straight up. No disrespect to Lil, but it, it's just clear and cut. Chelsea's so so much better. Yeah, Chelsea uh, in third place right now in the league, um, underwhelming in in the way in that, that in that sense, but. I still think that's a top five team in the world. Yeah. They got a great squad. They got a great depth. And this is the one tournament where they can, you know, go full throttle in and, and get win. some silverware. They, they, still, yeah. got, they, they, they still have a great chance to win this tournament yeah. again. So, and to get a matchup like Lil to start off, yeah. Oof, that's yeah. a great start. Yeah. That's a dream right there. And I think another dream that, that has uh, been given to us this, this knockout cycle is the, uh, the classic Ronaldo versus Atletico matchup. Yeah. Manchester United against Los Colchoneros. Your squad, I'll let you start this off. How do you feel? What do you think? Yeah, I, uh, I feel pretty bad about this. <laughs> e- even considering how Damn. weird Man United have been for the past couple of years and how honestly mm-hmm. bad they've just been even this season. I, I, I don't see Atletico winning this tie. And I'm going to be completely honest. And I know as a fan, you have to be optimistic. You have to be like, we can win any game. But I, I'm, I'm a realist. I got to be realistic in this sense. Atletico, and we, we, I could turn this into a whole Atletico fucking analysis. I won't. But for a team who has had so much identity for the past decade under Diego Simeone, we are now a team without one. We have no identity. Our defense is completely non-existent when you compare it to what it used to be. But not only that, we don't have any ideas offensively. None. We kind of just score whether uh, just through sheer brilliance because we do have incredible talent in our team. Mm-hmm. Correa, Felix, Griezmann, just to name a few. And then obviously you still have uh, shooters like Suarez. And then you, know, you still have uh, deep runners, Carrasco, Llorente. It's good offense individually. We have no cohesion uh, going forward together. And again, there's zero cohesion at the back. The back line is leaky. It's leaky as it's ever been. And so when I, when I pin Atletico against a, a Premier League team, I think it's a bad combo. It's not okay. going to work. 
if we had if we had gotten someone else who was just you know maybe less dynamic because even when man united are at their worst they can still pin you they can still run past you and that's why atletico has been really struggling uh, this year is uh just c- covering through balls covering crosses especially jan oblak's out of form you know it's nothing's working especially defensively for atletico so even a bad man united i think can really expose us and the thing is since our offense isn't clicking man over two games yeah i just don't see us beating manchester i yeah. just don't this is gonna be crazy man I'm, I'm, I'm gonna have to argue for you here man i'm gonna be a little awkward because dude i think man you is so bad bro they are so bad and right now form is really bad for man you lose uh time burnley the worst team in yeah. the premier league time than one one Losing to Middlesbrough Burrow in the FA and Cup. In the FA Cup, I saw that, yeah. Horrible. Everything you just explained about Atletico Madrid and their flaws, you can apply the Man U just as much in tenfold. No identity. Great players, great talent, great offensive talent, no cohesion. Right. I, and so yeah. I almost think in a way, like, I actually think it's very even because of that. I don't, I don't think Atletico's great either. Yeah. But when it comes down to it, I think the biggest question I have for myself is, well, if they both even out in that sense, or if they're pretty close, maybe one might be slightly better. I, what's the X factor for me? And, I, and yeah, you're you're laying you this out go? perfectly. <laughs> you're laying this out perfectly. Yeah. For me, the reason why I have United winning is because for me, right now in 2022, they yeah. play in the better league. I think Atletico. Oh, okay, you want I, the league? I, I think Fair Atletico enough. are where they're at right now because La Liga is just not where it used to be a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. It's easier right now. So Atletico are a lot higher than I think they should be. And whereas United, you know, they're playing against some really tough teams in the Prem, man. So I don't think Atletico can match up against oh, yeah. even Good a mid, mid-table mid Prem team, man. Yeah. And I know that's so no, negative, I, I but... The thing is, I actually think they're both in the same position in their leagues. There but, you go. But yeah, but it's just a different quality. It's just a different quality. Yeah. And I and for me, that's the deciding factor. Okay. That's the deciding yeah. factor. No, that's a good one. I think yeah. for me, though... Because of what we saw with how impactful a coach can be to a team with Chelsea and Tuchel, I'm going with the better coach here. I'm going with the coach that can light a flame on a team and potentially get something out of them. Yeah. Ragnick has nothing going for Man U right now. Right, right, he has right, found right. no sort of motivation for this team. He hasn't lit a fire in them. He doesn't seem to have the control over each player that I know Diego Simeone can generate. Absolutely. I'm going to go with that. I'll never, I'll that's never doubt that. sort of safety net because you've seen Simeone in knockout games. It's fucking insane. Yeah. He's both a, a tactical genius, but also a great motivator yeah, and emotional impact that he can have on a yeah. team. I'm going with that. I'm trusting him more than, than Ragnick. Man, I hope you're right, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. And so outside of that, headlines, the narratives, I think are going to be really fun. Atletico against Man United at the Wanda is going to be a great matchup. I know the fans are going to turn out no matter what. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Atletico loves hosting English teams. Yes, yes. They love yes. it, man. Yeah, and so with Ronaldo being part of that team, is gonna dude, be fun. With Ronaldo sure. being there is going to be a hell oh, that too. of a match, yeah. bro. A hell of a match. Yeah. Um, I guess a question I have for you is, do you think Ronaldo will have an impact on, on the games? I think so. Yeah, I, I think so. He's gonna he's gonna get that Spanish spear back in him. <laughs> Something's gonna happen. Yeah. And you know, Atletico obviously have that Ronaldo curse. Yeah. Playing Madrid, losing twice in Champions League, that means something. Yeah, you know, whether I like to admit it or not, it means something. Mm-hmm. And I think, yeah, I, f- sure. Add that in as another factor is why I don't think Atletico is gonna okay. go through. All right. And then we'll switch it up this time with my favorite team, my go-to team, Liverpool. 
facing off against Inter Milan. Uh, I remember when I saw the result of the draw as a Liverpool fan. I saw we got Inter and I went, ah, shit. Could have been better. Could have been, been, been a better, better draw. Could have been something easier, something lighter. Yeah. But we got the best team in Italy right now. First place in Serie A. Uh-huh. Inter Milan. In who a is, tight league, though. Yeah, no, tight, it is tight. tight, it is tight. They could be fourth by tomorrow. They could be. <laughs> <You know? laughs> but right now, first in Serie A, and they're starting to, to get their shit together, too. From yeah. If you look at their past results, they got like nine out of ten wins that like in the past ten games. It's crazy. Shit, good for them. They're starting to get into form, and it's actually kind of scary because I look at Liverpool, and I think this is arguably Liverpool's best side under Klopp. I think you could make that argument. Yeah, Every player has delve into their role more than ever before. Yeah. Offensively, we are scoring more than we ever have. We had a streak at one point. I think it was like eight straight games of three goals, which is an insane oh feat. God. An insane feat to watch a game and, and expect more than two goals is ridiculous. That's insane. We never reached those highest any of these previous yeah, years. We never gotten to that point. Title winning campaigns, no. 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 And, and, we're, we, and we haven't really slowed down. Yes, that streak ended, but we still have games where it's two goals yeah. minimum almost. Yeah. Um, our defense has been shown to be more shaky than when we won the title or the Champions League. Um, and I am, that is a concern, I think, for like in the context of a league campaign, mm-hmm. but in the context of a knockout format, the knockout stage, Dude, I think this Liverpool team is one of the worst teams to face. This is oh. one of the scariest teams. Oh, yeah, yeah. Knockout teams. You got to go to Anfield and get a result. You got to get a result at home. It's just, it's incredible what you have to ask of your team if they get drawn against Liverpool because Liverpool is a goddamn monster in these settings. Absolutely. I, I think when I saw that draw against Inter Milan, I was like, okay, this is going to be interesting because you have one of the best teams in England against, you know, the best team in Italy. But for me, it's almost impossible for a non-Premier League team, unless you're like Bayern Munich, to play Liverpool. Yeah. It's impossible. You're not used to the pace. You're not used to the clinicality. You're not used to the aggressiveness. Yeah, the Italian league is really, really good. And yeah. it's gotten so much better over the last three, four years. And Inter Milan have been really, really good. But they're going to struggle against Liverpool. Yeah. I, I, and we can go back to group stage against AC Milan. AC Milan, who are having a really good season, and they've had two, three good seasons last year, too. And Liverpool just, at the end of the day, just bested them. It's going to be the, yeah. it's gonna be the same thing there's here. There's nothing that, there's yeah, nothing yeah, that can you're do. Right. There's, there's nothing, nothing that can prepare you for a team no. like Liverpool if no. you're not in the Premier League. You can play, you can have a great game. You can do well, but you're going to get outscored at the end of the day. You yeah. just can't stop it. No. And, I, 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 and like I said, only the teams who have that element of having lifted the trophy in recent memory like a Bayern Munich or like another Premier League team, those are the only teams I think that can truly stop Liverpool. Yeah. So Inter Milan, unfortunately, they haven't really made any deep Champions League runs in a while. So for them, it's going to be tough. Because this is a whole different beast. Yeah. This is a monster, yeah. bro. Like yeah. you just said, this is Liverpool. Yeah. It's a gargantuan side that you're facing. And yeah. I think I'm going Liverpool. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, absolutely. I think I got to go Liverpool. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I think Liverpool wins it. I don't think it's going to be easy. No. I don't think it's going to be a blowout. No. I could actually see Inter being in the games, in each in each game individually. But overall, I just don't see how Liverpool doesn't pull a result here. Yeah. I think they've got this. So Completely. Liverpool wins this matchup. The last matchup that we need to talk about here is the headline matchup between... Man, the, the matchup of so many narratives is the matchup of so many legacies. It's PSG against Real Madrid. 
I mean, I don't know, where, where do I start with these two? Let's just start with Paris, sure. PSG. Um, huge money moves this past summer. Uh, Wijnaldum, Donnarumma, yeah. Messi. Uh, it's ridiculous. Ramos, the talent that Ramos, they've acquired. Yeah. And they've had a season full of headlines, full of like the spotlight being on them. And they've shown that they are having trouble reaching the heights that people thought they would reach. Yeah. PSG should be so much better than what they are. Uh, individually, probably one of the talent, most talented teams the world of football has seen. Yeah. Like on paper, this team is absolutely, it's unreal, dude. It's unreal how right. the talent that they have. But then they play, their performance in League One would would have you say that they're not as good as that paper shows. Yeah. It's, it's not there. Meanwhile, Madrid, with not as much talent, is playing some of their best football <laughs> yeah. in, in a, a couple years. Yeah, absolutely. They're a great team, dude. Yeah. That midfield of Modric, Cruz, and Casimiro is still as good as ever. Yeah. Militao is having a really good season. Courtois has been having, playing really well as well, uh, as well. Oh, yeah. Benzema is always a Ballon d'Oro candidate. candidate. <laughs> always. And Vinicius so is having his rise. It's finally yeah, he's here. It's finally here. It's finally here. He's actually impacting games. Yeah. Yeah, like, and that's the truly thing. Truly deciding games. Yeah. Being involved, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and not empty numbers. These are these are their first in La Liga for a reason. They yeah. are actually earning that that position. Yeah, and so we've got an interesting clash now because I believe PSG ceiling is so much higher than what Madrid can achieve. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But right now, realistically, I think Madrid's like right here, and PSG's like right here. But it's a question about can can PSG find that yeah. ceiling, find that potential in them to go over the top because. The pressure has never been bigger than now for PSG. PSG, their whole situation started, I think for me, started when Neymar joined the team in terms of what we expect from them. PSG has been a team that has the same Bayern treatment where you have to, by default, win the league, win the League Cup, and have a deep Champions deep, League yeah, yeah. Uh, run. That's yeah. your criteria. That's what you need to accomplish. Anything be- below that is a failure. Yeah. Um, and we've seen that with Neymar, they, they've failed in that sense. Yeah. They lost the league. They didn't win every league cup. And they made a Champions League final once, but that was kind of it. Isn't that interesting, though? The idea that PSG, ever since they influxed money into the club, they've had these criteria. They've had these expectations. But no matter what, they've always fallen short. Always. But not even just result-wise. What you see on the pitch I don't think PSG have ever dominated a Champions League game. Like, truly, truly dominated. Uh, knockout round. Like group stage, sure. But knockout stage, when they need to win, I don't think I've ever seen a PSG team be like, damn. Like, this team's right, fucking okay, balling. Yeah, like yeah. a Manchester City, a Liverpool, a Real Madrid, mm. even an Atletico in their prime. I don't think I've ever seen PSG reach those heights. They're plagued. Something... <laughs> I don't know what <laughs> it is, but... PSG just cannot achieve their potential. Yeah. It's really, really weird. Um, but it's the same thing. It, uh, the thing is, it, it comes from everywhere. Media, fans. Every year, it's almost the exact same storyline with PSG is, can they actually achieve their potential? And so far, they haven't been able to. Yeah. And and, to, and for this round, I don't think they're going to either. I got Madrid winning this. I think they're the more well-rounded team. I think they have uh, better roles. Mm-hmm. And for me, a better team is going to beat a weaker team. Maybe individually, like we said, PSG is better. But when you're facing a team like Madrid or Liverpool who have roles just 
uh, knocked down to a T, man, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's a tough team to beat. Yeah, I, and I still think that the PSG factor is interesting, man. I actually told myself I wouldn't pick a winner until I'm on this set and I'm on re- I'm recording because <laughs> I think it's so even for both sides. Oh, yeah, it's going to um, be a great tie. You're completely right about Real Madrid having those roles more, better drilled. Yeah, PSG, it's cemented man, there. PSG, so this, the thing is... Could things be different this year? Because it's the biggest revamp they've had in their squad since they got Neymar. True. They've just gotten, they've just acquired the greatest player of all time of the sport. Yeah. Lionel Messi is on the team. Obviously not having the season that people thought he would have, but it's eh. I was looking at the numbers, dude. Two goals, six assists, and 11, like 11 games. Like, that's not that bad. People that's are being very bad. critical on him. Yeah. And then in the Champions League, he's actually been very impactful. He was a clinical part of why... They were able to beat Manchester City in the group stage. Yeah. They actually got a huge win against them. I still look at this PSG team. I'm just like, if I don't know if I feel comfortable betting against the greatest player of all time. Because you tell you're, you're right. You're right that that Real Madrid is a better team. They I are absolutely so. a better team. Yeah. But when it comes to ideas like that, the only thing that can break them, the only thing that can break, you know, the idea that. One team is better than the other, and that's right. really it. It's just pure magic. Is, is having a, a, a mag- an X factor, yeah. a, ma- a magical player that can reach heights that no other player can. Right. Messi still has it. We know he does. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And I just feel like, you know, maybe he hasn't had the best season leading up to this, but I don't think it's a question that he'll at least do something in that, in that, in that matchup. Yeah. That'll once he hears that Champions League uh, anthem go on, he'll be like a Russian spy and just activate. <laughs> I think he'll activate. He's just I, turn that's on. Thing, I, I don't think that just for Messi. I think that's gonna happen for a lot of the those PSG players. I really do. But uh, I just, I just I, feel like I get that same feeling every year. I'm like, right, Neymar's right, yeah. gonna show the fuck out. Right. Or, or, some, or Di Maria is gonna go off. Mauro Icardi is going to hey, finally score a did, goal. Though. They did that time they made the final. They actually they all performed really well. They but did, it, it, but I thought they should have won it, and they right. didn't. But they did. I thought it. they should have won it. It's a, it's a good Bayern team, man. No, fuck that. I was a good Bayern fuck team. That. I think PSG should have won it that year because they were so good leading up to it, and in that final, they just got Bayerned. But they it got Bayerned big it, time. It, it pisses me off because you get to that final and you just lose the way they did. Mm-hmm. It, it really upset me. And that's what I'm saying is that I feel like no matter what PSG do, they're always going to get outdone by somebody. Always. Okay. And I have yeah, that. Yeah. It's, it's like a, it's like it's like trauma. It's like <laughs> it's like no matter how much I believe in this PSG team, even like what you just said sounds nice, and I yes, think it, I, it could happen. But you, let's say they do win this, something's going to happen. You're talking. You're talking. I'm talking just in general. PSG like, philosophy. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah absolutely. Deep rooted core trauma with this yeah, team. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Okay. So maybe they win this, but I just I still can't fully trust. Yeah. Them. I think the last yeah. thing I wanted to say about PSG, if if we can fit it in, the last thing I want to say about PSG is that I think this year more than any um, has shown that from the moment Mbappe joined the team. Mm. It became his team. I don't think this has been Neymar's team. You would ha- you would think that based off of the propaganda, the media, and the way that people talk about Neymar, this is Neymar's team. Right. You look at the numbers, dude. Neymar hasn't played more than 17 games in the league for PSG in like four years. There's like 34 games to be played. And he's only played <laughs> he's like 17. Maybe half of he plays them. half. Yeah. Meanwhile, Mbappe's playing every game. Yeah. He's impactful. He's scoring. He's assisting. He's a important part of that team right and he's doing the dirty work for Neymar who then just gets to show up do his stuff yeah perform 
get the get the credit. And Mbappe this whole time is working his ass off. Yeah. And the same thing is happening this time. He's got Messi with him, and he's outscoring him and out-assisting him as well. Yeah. That is an incredible point because when I watch PSG as a neutral and I'm cheering for the underdog, as I usually do, I'll watch Neymar for the entertainment, but I'm scared of Mbappe. Yes, yeah. dude. Yeah. And that, that, I think, shows you who... Maybe, maybe he's truly in charge of this team or who, who owns, truly yeah. owns this team. Like if you're, I would, I would love to talk to like a true PSG fan. Like yeah. what, what do they think, man? Like, do they see Mbappe as that? Because obviously he's, his output is insane. It's been insane since he, since he joined, obviously like tripling Neymar's numbers. Right. So at that point, if you're a true PSG fan, you wear that shirt every day. Is Mbappe your, your guy now? Yeah. Like, has he always been that guy since he joined? Because numbers-wise, he clearly is. Yeah, yeah, and he actually gets to. He actually shows up. Show, he, he, he shows you appearances. Show, yeah, up. he shows you that he's he's here to play for you. And if he is, if that is his team, then that's what makes this fa- this matchup even more interesting. Is because he's playing the team that he might potentially move to. Yeah, yeah. This and so a lot of people are saying that it. this could be the deciding factor for him, depending how this tie uh, comes out. If PSG Shit. dominates Real Madrid. Why would he leave that situation? He's, he then realizes that he has the better team with him. Yeah, that's what happened to Griezmann. He lost to Juve, and then he immediately was yeah, like, I'm done. Yeah. I'm if going they get to Barca. bounced by, by Real Madrid, he's gone. He's gone. He's he's gone. gone. There's nothing else for him to, to yeah. do there. So, legacies on the line, transfers on the line. And <laughs> that's a lot of headlines yeah, right there. Man, a lot of too many, man. Too many for us to handle. I'm gonna be overwhelmed as fuck watching the game. I'm, I'm, fucking I'm, I'm gonna have a fucking anxiety attack just watching the game. It's too much. It's too much. Uh, but that's what we got for the for the Champions League predictions. Those are those are our predictions for for each tie. Regardless, I think it's gonna be an incredible um, week of just soccer. Oh, of yeah. watching all these matchups. Hey, it's Valentine's Day. Val- <laughs> <laughs> Valentine's Day football, baby. Is yes, there?